With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then, live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets, tío. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Good evening, it is the club, it is brought to you uh, by the Pitch for Football fan app, giving the fans a voice, get your free download on the App Store and Google Play Store. Um, tonight uh, we'll be again um, carrying on from last week's World Cup theme, um, we discussed Italian 90 last week, we will do uh, USA 94 this week, uh, again no talk of uh, COVID-19, no talk of Liverpool Fairlow Club, um, it will literally be USA 94 and I'll be joined by Phil, how are you doing Phil? I'm doing great Ray, how are you doing? Yeah, excellent, and Greg, Greg can I ask a question, Greg, just a quick question before you ask how key this, yeah. right? Why can't England say wage subsidy scheme? Oh, we're, not doing, we're not doing this shit tonight. 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm putting you. I'm putting you fucking down now. We're not doing that to me. Why, why can't why can't they use wage subsidies scheme? Why why do they have to say forelock? I think that's something for Gav's uh, hourly show. Uh, it will be discussed. Um, <laughs> discussed that, Gav. Sorry, Keith. I'm really I'm annoyed with that more than anything. How are you doing, Keith? You I look good, well. Good, yeah, yeah. You look like you've got the best haircut of us all. They do see preparing for these pandemics, you know, just get rid of your hair. It's all you need to do, grow a beard. Great look. Hair's overrated, isn't it? See, and Gav slows it down. It does, yeah. Gav, how you doing? I'm Grant, and Phil says he has COVID-19, and that's the way he's fucking started there, I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm booking a bed in beside Boris, so up yours. So, yeah, well, you won't be doing France 98 next week at this rate, Phil. Uh, I will, on a ventilator. Like, um, <laughs> what was your man that scientist did? <laughs> Einstein. <laughs> right. Okay, so, um, USA 94, look, um, I'll be honest, I, 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 this was a bit of a shock to the system for me, USA 94. Um, no England. Um, despite being the bookies' favourites uh, to win the tournament, um, they, they didn't even qualify. Um, France were another uh, notable absentee, um, and you know we had um, a few different uh, nations, three uh, newly qualified nations um, this time around, and we had a brand new place to bring the World Cup to. And, and and really a brand new place in some ways to bring um, football or soccer to, as it was known. Phil, did, did you, I mean, I remember at the time, not only was this a strange one because England weren't there, for, for, you know, from my perspective, but but there was a, there was a little bit of scepticism around it going to, going to America. Was, was, it, was it the same sentiments from, from people in Ireland? No, I'll be honest with you, Ray, but like for me, the, the, the 94 World Cup always stood out as, it's almost the, it's, it's the bizarre World Cup of the model, it's the controversial World Cup, right, because even before the tournament gets going, the Czechoslovakia breaks up in the qualifiers, mm-hmm. right, and they end up playing called the representatives of the Czechs and Slovaks, they don't qualify from the group, Yugoslavia break, go, go to war, they're banned, they should have qualified, they should have been a path fire for the group, right, Chile's banned, is extended, so they're not allowed, no longer allowed to play either. And then when we get to the World Cup, there is remember the Jack Warner wasn't it, in um, Concacaf. He'd uh, maybe have had a few presents and stuff to ensure that the the World Cup was awarded to America in the first instance in in '94. The MLS is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year, and the MLS exists solely because of America to get the 1994 World Cup. So FIFA insisted that they set up a professional football league if the World Cup was to be held in in the US at that time. And then there's the changes. So we talked about last time the back pass rule has come into play. Yeah. Goalkeepers can't pick the ball up anymore. Remember, if, when we were talking about 90, 90 woke up, they were rolling it back still. And they brought in three points for a win to try and encourage attacking football. Um, and the biggest one, one that we take for granted today, right? This is the fourth World Cup where they use, where players' names are on top of their jerseys. Mm. So everyone today has, like when you see the players, they have their names on the back of the jerseys. This is the moment that it becomes normal. And the last bit, it's the first World Cup that I remember that the main sponsors dominated the advertisement breaks. 
Gillette, Fuji Film, oh. um, a load of others that were there be- behind it, and it was a real American thing. Now I know we get into it, but I remember the build-up to this, and I remember the, the difference in coverage between Ireland and England. Right? Film. The oh, English yeah. were a load very, of others that were there very behind it, and it was um, a real American thing. Now I know we get into it, but oh, I remember the build-up looking this. down their nose at the, at the World Cup being held in the USA because yeah. they weren't involved in it. Right? This yeah. is after, like, this is the, uh, the, you know, this is what we what had happened. How, how come they hadn't qualified? Like, it's not going to be a great World Cup because England aren't there, Wales aren't there, Northern Ireland aren't there, and Scotland aren't there, right? So yeah. it's the first time, I think, since 1930, something like that, that none of the, what would be classed as the home nations, had qualified for a World Cup. So there's a real sort of negative vibe, sort of saying, well, what type of spectacle is this going to be? Like, with teams like Bulgaria and Romania <laughs> and... Nigeria and <laughs> South Korea and Greece like this is going to be a terrible World Cup and imagine like after getting into America they're going to have all these poor teams whereas in Ireland it was it was revelation again it was like here's we, we now qualify it's a World Cup well that's what we qualify for we missed out on Euro 92 we should have got there but we, we got there by hook or by crook we have a dodgy Alan um, not Alan Cairn dodgy Alan McLaughlin goal in Windsor Park in the rain Billy Bingham saluting the crowd thinking that they they done done justice by getting the Republic knocked out as well but then Alan, Alan McLaughlin pops up and scores what will be known as the, as, as the epic goal for all time but anyway for us it was just as exciting there's, the, the pennies went mad on the game we were talking about the there's Bermuda shorts like fluorescent green, fluorescent white, fluorescent orange. And believe it or not, you can get fluorescent white. It, it exists. We have this... It can only be called a cat's abortion of a t-shirt that pennies came out with. It literally had the flag of every European nation to qualify with Ireland to USA 94 and Mick McCarthy's modelling for pennies as well. It's, it's, it's sensational stuff. If somebody can look it up... And of course, then Jacobs had rolled back out and their shaky shamrocks, which we didn't cover off in 1990. I was very disappointed with that, but we didn't roll it, completely forgot about that one. So the, our country has gone mad, and the other part was there was 400 million Irish people living in America, yeah. which meant that we were essentially the home nation and not the Yanks because they don't, didn't understand football. So that meant Ireland and Italy were essentially playing as the home nations in USA 94 and then of course to get teamed up in the groups as well and it was the rematch that first group game was going to be a rematch of the the last game Ireland played in the 1990 World Cup and got knocked out it was a chance for revenge and that's what we're seeing so in terms of a build up this is just oh yeah the other side we also had the emergence of Roy Keane just before the tournament and all of a sudden we have this this war class midfielder just break out and it's like Jason who's your man He's brilliant, isn't he? And he had a big angry head running around kicking lads all over the shop. It was just it was great. So there was that there was that lack of there was a there was a genuine love and warmth for this tournament. And to be straight with you, the fact that England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland hadn't qualified was an even better thing for us because we were able to really rub it into anyone that we knew from those countries. Like, you know, we, we do the World Cups now. You just you lads stay at home. We do the World Cups. There'll be no hassles now when we're away there. All the lads will be having matches. So, I mean, you sort of kind of at your peak of your powers in some ways. Um, Keith, just in terms of... Um, Ireland, just to expand a bit on what Phil said there, um, you're probably still too young yourself to, 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 to make a journey over to the, to, to the US, but, but Ireland, two of Ireland's games uh, are held um, in New Jersey, um, and obviously it was always going to be that there was going to be a massive um, amount of Irish fans both both living in Ireland and travelling over and going back down to the credit union to do their kitchens again four years later 
by miraculous coincidence. I mean, um, did, did you know people around that time who were travelling over? Did, did, did you kind of get a little bit more of a sense of what it was meaning now to be at a World Cup? Yeah, well, I was only 13 when this World Cup happened, and um, <clears throat> so I was still too young, but my younger brother was actually at the team, little shy. Yeah. He got um, some scheme around the city centre happened, and they brought loads of kids over to America. It sounds a bit sinister now that I think about it. I'll have to give him a call after this and see if he's all right. Was the Catholic Church involved? <laughs> possibly, I don't know. We're talking about it on the, the Fatback Friday, you know, one of the lads said that he something to do with the Dutch FA brought a load from Pierce That could have been where my brother got swept up in, but I don't know. I just got all about it until it was mentioned the other night, but yeah, he went with um so like the the over the, the overriding memory I have about this World Cup Again, as my brother was there, but as Phil said, a lot of Irish were over there, and and that was a great point. Ireland and Italy probably were the two best supported teams, and the fact that they drew each other out within the first game in New York, New Jersey, wherever you know, it's such a strong Irish and Italian um, stronghold, I gave that added bit of a spice about it. <coughs> but the thing I remember was everyone giving out about the heat and all over there. You know that it was so hot. Steve Staunton and avoid memory Steve Staunton turning into a blade and rash Jordan the thing and put like only short to go around with an umbrella over him. <laughs> but it was just a new experience for the it was a new experience for Ireland uh, as a football nation. You know, we were we were only learning the ropes nearly. You know, we'd been to Euro eight eight, we'd been to Italia ninety. And now we felt like we, we had a team and if we look at the team that was in this World Cup and we compared it with the Italian ninety, it wasn't as good of a team. But I had a more of an impetus of younger players brought in. Um, I still touched on Roy King had come into the team. We had uh, Gary Kelly, I think, McAteer and Phil Barball broke through as well. The Three Amigos. Three Amigos, yeah, as they were known. But that was a, a good injection of, uh, of young players and... You know, in some, I was looking back at it, some of it today, and you're looking at, yeah, these young players are in, and then we had Tommy Coyne playing, and we had John Sheridan playing. You know, we didn't have as maybe as strong a team as we had previously, but there was still that optimism going in, and I think it's an Irish thing that folk who are there will do something, you know, and to, to rattle it in the first game, right? It turned out that that's the highlight for us, but. To do that was, was a great start to the World Cup. And it just got this, the, the country was on wheels again, you know, as it always is. You know, as 2002 was as well. Um, this was just uh, more of the same. Pubs were uh, going apeshit a bit later, the games. Now, I remember this game, I was actually babysitting for um, my aunt. Um, they were in the pub, everyone was in the bleeding pub. So I got the curly finger up to babysit. But it wasn't on too late, you know, and that was the thing, like, how late are these games on? Is it middle of the night jobs? But they were actually all right, and uh, yeah, I got to see, I got to enjoy it, but not as much as Phil. Like, Phil was saying he's that bit older, and he's at the drinking stage or whatever at that point, probably. But I wasn't, I was still a bit away from that. Well, I finished the, finish the leaving cert the day before the Ireland-Italy game. Right, did my last exam the day before and literally went to the off license. I was 17 at the time, obviously yeah. still not legalised. I managed to finagle my way to buy a tray of Budweiser to go off to watch this match. And we started drinking about four hours before the game. By the time the game came around, like, I've had to watch that game back 
afterwards, about two years afterwards, to see exactly what happened because it was nothing. I think I saw more at the back of the chair than I did the actual match itself, but it was just madness, madness. Going back then. And Gav, um, you were saying before we come on, you know, Ireland get through the qualifying by the skin of the teeth, and Phil Phil mentioned it there. Um, you know, you get Italy first game. Um, you know, in a, Mex- in, in a group of Mexico, um, Italy, and Norway. Uh, I guess this is still a World Cup where you can go through um, in third place. It's, it's actually the last one where you can go through in third place as it happens. Um, so I guess Italy being the first game, um, you know, if the if the if the result doesn't go Ireland's way, it's not the end of the world. But 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 was there any expectation that they could get revenge? Yeah, I think there was. You know, like after nineteen ninety, the world was our oyster, wasn't it? That's what Irish football fans thought. I was actually trying to think back earlier of the Euro ninety two qualifiers and can't remember how we didn't qualify. I don't even know who was in our group. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't know if the country cared after nineteen ninety about ninety two. You know, it was like we've done a European Championships. The World Cup is where it's at now, and ninety two can piss off Sweden or wherever it was being played, Denmark, or where was it being played? It was one of those countries. Um, Sweden, wasn't it? Um, <coughs> Thomas Brolin and all that mess. But, yeah, we we qualify out of a group just to, just ahead of Denmark, I think, and it might be on goal scored or head-to-head, one of those, but we finish on the same amount of points. Going into this World Cup, as Phil said, you had the emergence of Roy Keane, who's, who's broken through a Nottingham Forest. I think he signs for United in that summer, does he? I think it might have been after the World Cup, yeah. It might have been the summer of 94, or maybe the summer of 93, I'm not too sure. He may have been a year, you know, but it is the emergence of him. We're looking at Paul McGrath playing centre-half. Phil Babbitt had a great season at Coventry, and Liverpool ended up signing them on the back of it. Um, and then, like like Keith said, Steve Staunton's running around with factor 5 million on his head, and he can't <laughs> stay on the sun for more than four minutes or he'll die. Um, Tommy Coyne was the same, and to make it worse, they stick Tommy Coyne up front, and they say to him, you're up there on your own, by the way, against Parisi and all the lads, and you have to chase it, and just keep chasing it, and he's fucking bollocks out about an hour. But going into it, like, it's in the joint stadium, um, and it's wall-to-wall, Irish is everywhere, you know, and Italy have a massive support, but I think Ireland outdo them on the day. It's a really hot day. Can we beat them? I, I think going into it, I would have said, listen, take a draw out of this, they're the best team in the group, and, and get out of there, but... Yeah, what 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 follows is is madness and and Ray Houghton. Just Ray Houghton reminds me a bit. You know when you see Divock Origi out with Liverpool, he just turns up, lashes in important goals and pisses off again. Ray, Ray Houghton was a bit like that for Ireland. You know, eighty eight, he scores a penalty against Romania in 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 ninety. He's back here in ninety four, and he's he's at the back end of his career. You know, he's he's over his he's past his prime. You know, as a footballer in '94, I think he's a, maybe a villa at this, this stage. But I, I remember it vividly. I think this World Cup, Yamanda pissed off in 1990 to the pub, but this one was a bit more house partyish. I think. You know, people just it wasn't even barbecues that we weren't going that far. It was just like someone pick a house who has a telly, and we'd all just arrive there, and if all the adults got drunk, and all the kids ran amok, and um, that happened for for a month in in the summer of 1994. Well, can I, before we just get onto the match, and before, particularly this match, you've missed the most important thing of the whole tournament, right? And I'm, I'm amazed. The whole tournament should have been summed up in the opening ceremony when Diana Ross ran straight through singing the song, 
and <laughs> to soft tap a penalty was that not for four yards. No, that's no, the open ceremony. It was very yeah. forced. It was. Oh, I had it in my head. It was not at the final. No, no, that was that was the opening ceremony. Yeah. The whole the whole thing, and striker. That was the name of the mascot. Because yeah. I remember striker. Striker, striker the dog. Yeah. Striker the dog. Every time when I heard it was a striker, I just kept thinking the airplane movies. <laughs> got a striker. <laughs> but yeah. She legs down the pitch, bang, wide it goes, and the, the goalpost still fell apart. It was like, yeah. yeah. That was mad, wasn't it, that they yeah. split the goalpost? It <laughs> off, and anyway. But the visuals of those goals, when when I was looking back at this during the week and looking at the games and looking at some of the goals and, and the things that happened, the, the visuals from USA 94, because they put those massive joint sticks that went through, went from the back of the goal back in the nets, went back about eight yards. Yeah. So the the ball would just hit the thing and it'd go travel forever and like you didn't know whether it was in the net or where it was flowing through to the next stadium or what it was going. Like visually it was immense. And even down like the, the group stage, a bit like Italian ninety, the group stage is full of goals. Mm. Right? Yeah. And FIFA thought they'd cracked it with the more attacking style of, of World Cup and three points and all this type of stuff. But then it descended into first and the second into the second and quarter finals. And I think ultimately, and we get a bit like last week, we won't be talking about the final because it was a fucking which oh, wow. fest it was. It was woeful. It was that absolutely round. Yeah. And so we, look, put a the, open, to be the, the opening game. If, you, if we go back to that opening um, ceremony and the opening game, um, you know, this this to me is is kind of why you know. <laughs> In England, we were kind of looking at uh, looking oh, sorry, down can on. I, our can, I, can I ask you, Ray? How did England yeah. not qualify? Um, yeah, no. yeah it, was, it was it was the the epicenter of the Graham Taylor. Um, do I not like that? Do I not like that? Yeah. Do I not like that? Who, who was in that group? How did he not get out? It? it was Holland Kelly in that game. Um, possibly Sweden as well. Yeah, I think Sweden was in it as well. Sorry. I was just yeah. wondering because I, I can't remember how Ireland did in in '92, but I co- just couldn't remember. I do remember the England maybe not qualifying and they going over to America. I think they go over to America for a friendly as a warm up for America. And Alexi Lalas was born that night. I think he <coughs> scores in in a, in a win for America over England, which rubs salt into it. But sorry, go on, right? You were you were saying something? No, I was just saying the first game. Obviously, if you look at that group, um, the USA. Um, <clears throat> they draw with Switzerland one one. Um, you know, it get it doesn't really get off to an electrifying start. And in that group you've also got um Colombia and Romania and um uh, and obviously um that group leads ultimately um to the Colombians uh, Colombian defenders uh, Escobar's death um before this World Cup is out, which yeah, is just yeah, a totally yeah. bizarre um, this, 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 what about, this is what I was saying, Ray, about the controversies, because this is this is one of the many controversies that that happens in this this whole War Cup. Like the Colombians themselves, where like Pele had given them the kiss of death by tipping them to win the War Cup, and if Pele tips you to win the War Cup, you're going home before you can get out of the group stage. Pele knows nothing about football, um, and he was overrated. But anyway, the. Well, that Colombian team was full of talent and full of incredible players and for whatever reason it just never for it never for it and they were up against a Hadji inspired Romania and people forget that Hadji was one of the biggest stars of this tournament yeah. the, 
the, the Maradona of the Euros, as they call him. Like, he was just picking off things. And the goals he scored in this, I like, think he was saying about the heat. I think they lightened the ball. I think this is the first time Adidas have light, lightened the ball or changed the, the, the type of material that was in the ball away from leather to a synthetic material. And I remember everyone was going, nobody could manage the flight of the ball except these lads, Deutschkopf, Hadji, Brolin, um, the Dennis Bergkamp for 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 Holland. John Sheridan, you mentioned John Sheridan there. John Sher- there was a campaign to get John Sheridan to the Ireland team before before they went away, and that's why we changed our shape because up until the, the big thing happens, another Queen gets injured, um, does his cruciate ligament, and then that's how Tommy Coyne ends up having to run around everyone against against uh, Italy in the, in, in joint day. But this is this is phenomenal. Romania were just I remember Romania. It was also that um, Adidas kit which they used for everyone. Remember, it was the one that Liverpool had. The red with the three white bands coming up onto the onto the torso part, and they used it for absolutely everyone. The difference between the international kit and the club kits was that it was like different coloured lines that was down mm. the side of it. So so much to flag over. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. And every single decent team that woke up bore that kit, with the exception of Brazil. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at that group as well, I mean, and this kind of seems to, you know, happen through a lot of groups. You know, you get teams, you know, the likes of Romania beating Colombia 3-1 and then in the next game losing 4-1 to Switzerland. Mm. There was a lot of that which seemed to be going on in the, in, in the group stage. And then even by the last game, Colombia are beating Switzerland 2-0, you know, and Colombia exiting the tournament and Switzerland are progressing. You know, you look at the you look at the group um, with Argentina in it. Argentina starts, you know, on fire with two wins. Um, they beat Greece four 0 They beat Nigeria two one. They end up losing the third game two mm. nil and coming third in the group. And and to all intents and purposes, in every other World Cup after, obviously they go out because they come third in the group. They just manage to get through. The group, but obviously this is where Diego Maradona, um, mm. he he plays the first two games and that's his World Cup over. Yeah. yeah. I thought he played only the fourth game. He scored. No, he plays the fourth one, scores against Greece, and then it's the second one against Nigeria, is it? That's where he fails the drug test on. Was the second and that's, game. He doesn't fail the drug test because Argentina withdrawn from the squad before FIFA can announce the results. Yeah, but then they announce it. Then he announced that he did fail a drug test, but he stays at the World Cup as a co-commentator for Argentinian television. Some of his interviews and all after outrageous stuff, scandalous stuff. Scandalous, like literally calling fraud and corruption and bribery and everything going on. But I'll never forget. But do you remember that goal he scores against Greece? It was. Unbelievable. Given what had happened in 1990, and, and obviously he'd vanished off the European scene at this stage. I think yeah. he did a bit in Seville and he'd been in. Seville, yeah. Yeah. And this was his big comeback because had he gone back to Boca Juniors and was play, yeah. played six months for Boca Juniors to get ready for the World Cup, yeah. and Argentina put me in as captain. And, like, Effortrine can't make that much of a difference to you because, like, you can't. It, 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 can't develop that touch and the awareness and the skill and everything like that. Like, it's such a shame because the way he went into that Greece game and even how he played in the Nigeria game, he looked like a player that was about to light up that World Cup. Yeah. And I would take a drug-riddled Maradona lighting up a World Cup any day of the week 
than losing him. And I think we lost something from that World Cup by losing Maradona because he was he was literally off his mallet. Do you remember the celebration? Like he went over and ate the camera. Yeah. Cam- Iconic, isn't it? Really, when you think it's one of the first things you think of. Mark his boy is bulging out of his head, rolling all that to the playing camera. He looked like a, he looked like a great Argentine team, and like yeah. when you had him back to steal up, up front, like it was slow enough to be a nice, nice team. But as we said, they struggled to get out of the group. But that's because the points so you know, Nigeria and Bulgaria were both uh, decent surprise packages, you know, that people weren't expecting a lot from. I think Bulgaria they stopped France from going through, wasn't it? A last minute goal. Um, that knocked France out. Hulé was managing France, I think, at the time. Um, so Bulgaria were a decent name. They had Stoichkov. I mean, this World Cup, another thing where that, from looking back at it, the amount of um, superstars that were in this one. You know, the Jahaji, as we mentioned. You had uh, Baggio, Romario, Stoichkov. Mm. You had all these really you big... Linsman, Rudy Voller. Linsman, Voller. But you had Bergkamp. You had so many... Quality. My darling was, was fantastic in this World Cup. No. Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson was the fella. Bro, he wasn't getting a sniff. It was Brolin and Ken Anderson lit up the yeah. place for, for Sweden. They were unbelievable. Do you remember? Yeah, I think wasn't that one they play all the res- the resis. Yeah, around, he yeah. wasn't. He was an impact so really in that. Ken Anderson, if anyone gets a chance, go back and look at Ken Anderson's goal against Brazil in the knockout stages. It's yeah. fucking outrageous. It's a, oh. The fellow was eighteen foot three, and the yeah. way he controlled, like we're ta- we, there's Arsenal fellas blowing themselves off talking about bear camp doing t- skills like this. This fellow like had no right. It was like yeah. crouch on steroids. Oh, he should have been te- tested for ephedrine. But you mentioned Switzerland there, right? Do you know who the manager of Switzerland was? It would have been Roy, was it? Fuck it was. What English representative? They put the ball up behind Switzerland. And Switzerland had a 33% win record in the, in this World Cup strength team. Never heard them stats before. You know, we had um, goals. Goals. Yeah, we had we had an awful lot of goals. I mean, in com- in comparison to the previous World Cup, we had an awful lot of goals, and um, you know that group with Argentina in it had a ridiculous amount of goals. You know, um, four nils, three nils, another four nil, couple of two nils. Um, you know, Germany again in their group. You know, they probably got a tricky enough group um, with Spain being in the same group, but. Also with South Korea and Bolivia, um, you know, the, 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 the two teams that you'd expect to go through went through out of that group. Um, Brazil and Sweden go through out of their group. Um, we, we should touch on um, the 42-year-old Roger Miller. Yes. Scoring again, the same age as he was in the last World Cup, scoring again. <laughs> equal his record as the oldest player ever to score. <laughs> equal the record. <laughs> After the 1990 World Cup, he moved back to uh, Tonera Yoande in the Cameroon, and he was there from 90 to 94. So he might have been just taking it easy, you know what I mean? He was at Montpellier before that, so he sent it at Montpellier. So he done a stint in the French league, and then decided rested. to go back and play in Cameroon for four years. Uh, then he just rested. He just said, oh, "This is me done for a bit." The There's no but, doubt in my mind that Roger Miller had. Something on the back of a smoke box to say. <laughs> 1990, when he's heading out of Italy as home to a, a, 
you know, a hero's welcome. Just him. The rest yeah. of them, forget about. Roger Miller's heading home in 1990. There's no doubt in my mind, in the back pocket, he has something on the back of the smoke box that says, Dad, it doesn't matter what I do. I can, I'm, I'm going to be a fucking van driver for the next four years. I'm going to the World Cup in 94. Or possibly it just says, the next time we qualify, you can play. Which would have been the crack if it had been 2006. <laughs> and, you know, he was fucking 64 years of age. And he went, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing, am I? And he's like, what? You know, I mean, he couldn't even ensure him to travel that far because of his age. But no, Roger Miller was gone. Um, there's no, no doubt in my mind. But come here, that, that, this is the group that also had, it was an Oleg Selenko scored 11 goals in the 6-1 win over Cameroon. Yeah. And he finishes top scorer, but doesn't get out of the group. Like he literally just turned up, like, a bit like the reverse Roger Miller. What was his name again? Oleg Selenko. Did he end up at Rangers? He did, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, he just turns up for one match, unlike Roger Miller, and says, right, I'll do, I'll do a bit of work for one match, and then I'm off. Good luck to this lads. 11 goals in a 6-1 win and then heads back on the plane and says, I'm done. That'll get me a nice big contract up in Rangers. Because remember, that was the time Rangers were throwing out money oh, all yeah, over the shop. Yeah. Jean-Pierre Papin, the works, the, all the lads were going to Rangers. Rangers was Rangers was the Manchester City of its day. Well, Rangers so, is where Gascoigne ends up. Gascoigne goes, yeah. 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 Brian Leldrup, like there was a few big players past you. Frank or Ronald DeBoer, like a few. Mm. Did both the Boers not have a go at Rangers? I don't think no. Frank was asking about Barcelona or Rangers. No. I thought one of them. I thought both of them ended up having a little goal there. I'm nearly sure they did. One no, 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 no. <coughs> you're confusing that there. So look, Cameroon, Cameroon. One thing they they didn't manage to solve from the 1990 World Cup yeah. was was leaking goals. Um, they leak 11 goals in the group and uh, they finished bottom. Um, there's a couple of groups here which finish, you know, you have three teams finishing on um, six points. Uh, we mentioned the, the Argentina group. There's also another group that has the same outcome with um, Holland, Saudi, Saudi Arabia and Belgium all finishing on, on six points and progressing. Saudi Arabia scored the greatest ever goal at a World Cup outside yeah, of Maradona's goal. Saeed Awairan ran all the way. It's a bit of a stinker, isn't it? Because I looked it back today, and it's, I, was, I was about to say, the worst best goal ever. Loads of scaldy deflections and all get him in, but fair but, play. But he got another goal, which was a cracker as well. The, the, the trick was, the fellas that looked, there was two two players that looked brilliant in this World Cup. Yeah. It was either the really good lads with the ball at the feet and didn't have to run around much, Stoichkov, Hadji, Baggio, all those lads, right? Or the lads who could run in 900 degree heat, right? So, because all the fellas that you're expecting to be decent are shit, basically, right? Romario was great in this World Cup, and Bebeto, because they didn't run around much, they just waited for the ball to come to them and then scored goals. Yeah. And defenders were so fatigued by 60 minutes, that's when they started scoring all their goals. Yeah. And again, this one, the lads from Saudi Arabia were able to score loads of goals because they were used to playing in these type of conditions in their own domestic league. Whereas if you took the lads from Ireland, <laughs> and Norway <laughs> like Ireland and Norway played out the worst we thought Egypt the Ireland-Egypt game was bad right I watched the Ireland-Norway game back again and literally it's something you would do as torture in Guantanamo Bay like to, to Islamic terrorists to get them to convert back to Catholicism seriously it's, it's, it's insane how bad that game is the Norwegian's tactic was to play diagonal long balls from their right back 
to their to a forward that was on the left wing side, and Ireland's tactic was to hoof the ball from one end of the pitch and run up after at the, at the other end of the pitch, and that's what they did for ninety minutes. But if you hoof the ball to a team that's going to hoof the ball back down, they were literally just lofting balls back and forward for the whole game. It was it was it's Christ. You should look it back. I don't think there's a single goal that's, in this opportunity. That's, that, no, that's the game Ireland Norway where um, you you spoke earlier about John Sheridan and the big thing about getting John Sheridan in the team, and he was one of those players that didn't run a lot but was was comfortable on the ball. So he probably suited you know the heat and mm. humidity. The only chance in that game was from John Sheridan, if I remember right. That's right. The ball breaks through. He kind of gets breaks through midfield. It's past him, and he tries to chip the keeper, and um, it just goes over the keeper's head and lands on the roof of the net. And I always remember, like for the day, is following. Going, That's why he should be in the team. And I'm going, he fucking kicked it. Didn't kick it in the goal. <laughs> kicked it over the goal. You absolute spasmo. You know what I mean? Like that. You know, like that's why he should be in the team. See that? See that? And I'm going, what? Fucking <laughs> big huge white thing with a net in it. You hit it at that. What, and it was a joint. A, it was a joint white thing. Yeah, like the, the, the goal was definitely bigger. Yeah, they're the biggest goals I've ever seen in the World Cup. That, but that game was unbelievable. But it was one of those, wasn't it? Where um, I think we knew. Was that a second game or a third game? No, that was a third. The last game. Yeah, it was the last game, and it was one of those again, similar to 1990, where Holland, where we knew a draw will do this. You know what I mean? A draw will do it. And we, we just wanted a draw then. Come 70 minutes, we just wanted a draw. And that's, but it was a fucking atrocious game. But it feels right. It was literally a left left back launching the ball in a big, massive diagonal to a guy that played for Sheffield United, I think, was on the wing for them. It was yeah. for Norway. I think he played for Sheffield United for quite a few years. Was it Tori Andre Flo? No, it wasn't. Um, it was a Norwegian guy, and I'm nearly sure he played for Sheffield well, United. Ivan Leonardson was playing for them. Yeah, but he didn't matter because he's a couple of Liverpool connections. Yeah, but there was definitely a guy that played um, on the. He might have been a striker for Sheffield United, but these played him on the right wing or left wing, and they literally hit balls at him all day. Well, Adam Olsen was the manager, and he was bleeding notorious for that, wasn't he? Well, funny enough, they're, they're, they're launching the ball to their right wing, and their left back is Terry Feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Terry Feeling's like five foot five in his mass high heels. Like, so, like, it was just, it was a bit of a mismatch. I think Ireland had to go and do something about it. But I, I'd love to remember the guy that um that played. I nearly surely played for Sheffield United, but I'll find. Ronnie Whelan played in that match. Right. Your yeah. flow was the Sheffield United. Ah, that's, that's, yeah. I knew it was a flow. I just yeah. didn't know one it. One of the famous flow. The Norwegian flows. Mm. But for me, that, that group, that game, the reason why we were able to draw that game and go through is because of the Aldridge goal against Mexico. Yes. Mm. And that's after the famous, John, the most famous John Aldridge incident. The most iconic part of, of, of USA 94 for me is that moment yeah. against Mexico. Yeah. John was losing his absolute shit on the sideline. Yeah. The tour official was refusing to let him go on and wouldn't put the number up. I think he put the wrong number or something up on the ball. Charlton was going mad as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Like Charlton was losing the rag as well. Yeah, but this was in the days where they didn't um, they didn't dub out anything. So the, yeah. the, the, the microphones were near the sideline, and it, you can the match is going on. 
and you're watching the match, but all you can hear is audio of Charlton and all is just absolutely lashing this one. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and Morris is trying to get both of them back to calm yeah, down. Yeah. Did he get fined for that, or did he get... They did get fined. Yeah. They did. They all got fined for that, and there was, there was more over because it was bringing the game into disrepute, and there was all sorts of thoughts. I'm wondering what's going on today, wages. I'm wondering what's done for you, Shane, to be Irish that day as well. I think um, he was proud. I think he was more proud that day because it was showing passion and commitment in yeah. university. But you know, now the, the the big debate in that game was how outrageous it was the FIFA sanctioned the match for us to have to go and play at the midday heat in Orlando with get against the Mexicans who are used to living in that heat all the time. Mm. Like, you were allowed to make comments like that back in the nineties. No PC stuff back then. I look. I remember. I remember some of the things asking the question, why was Teddy Fielder wearing a hat going out into the pitch? Like, that's the, 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 you know what I mean? It was, like, it was insane what was being said. And, like, and every, like all, the, all the lads were wearing the hats, and they were terrible hats. They were absolutely terrible hats. Oh, yeah, they, like, were, they looked like, the, you know the hats you see the, the people wearing that says Oil of Ireland on the front of them? Yeah. They were like yeah. those. And I'll say, you, had, you know, was the, the front of them are like foam. And they had the mesh. Instead, the mesh. And the mesh. Had the mesh. Yeah, and it just—I don't know. I think it said Opal on them, or, or one of those things. I don't know what it was, but yeah, they all like you could see them. Like, but the, the talk that like go, going back to Tommy Coyne, I think that poor country. Right? He 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 plays against Italy, right? And and I'm nearly sure this is right. And probably someone will correct me, but I'm nearly sure he runs his legs off for 70 minutes against um, Italy. I think McAteer comes on from. And that's McAteer coming into the limelight as well. And uh, he's he's in bits, like, he's carried off the pitch, right? He's nothing left, right? And the final whistle goes, and he goes, yeah, you're on test, but... And, he's like, yeah. and he was hours in the stadium trying to, like, take a piss. But he's nothing and, and they made him get sick because they made him drink so much water. Didn't he get, like, toxic, toxic something? And oh, it could yeah, cause it was the next two group games. Yeah. And he had to recover. And then he was back in time for the Dutch game, which also happened to be at 900 degrees in the Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it was insane. It, it really did go downhill for Ireland after that first game. Because like, we were saying about the groups being loads of goals and all the groups. Except their one. Theirs was a blade stink fest. Like, four teams finished on four points in it. It was an absolute... It was brutal, absolutely muck. Again, similar to Italian 90, but we'd we done what we had to do, which was just to get into the next round. Um, yeah, by hook or by crook, really. Ireland, yeah. for the second World Cup in a row, get, get exactly. the group. And, um, you know, last, last time around, there was, you know, there was lots drawn for mm. second and third. This time around, you know... Goals scored by Mexico, top in the group, and then um, on the head to head, then um, between Ireland and Italy. The players look to the captain, the captain looks to the manager, and the manager looks to you. It's time to be heard. Pitch is the new app that gives football fans the voice you deserve. Get your views sent straight to media pundits, commentators on the club you love. From dodgy penalties to rating match performance, make your opinion count. The manager's looking to sub him on, and the fans agree. Download the Pitch app for free today. Be heard. 
Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Um, and obviously, the way <clears throat> the way that lands for the for the knockout stage is um, the game um, on the fourth of July in Orlando um, against uh, Holland. I presume um, that it was. Let's just see how this goes, lads. Uh, and and the Holland were with the. With the overriding favourites at, at, at that at that point, what was the what was the level of expectation at that stage? Would you say in Ireland it wasn't right? It was we we totally yeah. believed that we were going to be Holland. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, the the bookies here had as favourites to beat them. We believed we could beat them. I think did we beat them in a friendly? And Tommy Coyne scored in a friendly in the lead up to the World Cup, um, in Holland. Ringing a bell, are we? Yeah. Or, no, yeah, no, I think we beat them. Did we beat them in a warm-up game in Stuttgart? It could have been in Stuttgart, yeah, and Tommy Coyne scored the winner. Yeah, it might have been. I, me- I remember a warm-up game for something, and it's going back that far, so it must have been 94. And I think yeah. we beat them 1-0. Like in, somewhere in Germany. Somewhere in Germany, yeah. I think we beat them 1-0, and everyone's like, ah, lads, this is great. But isn't it gas like how Ireland just go into the tournament and score two goals to get to a quarter-final? And your man off Russia is scoring like, He's, he's, the and he's gone off. He's gone home after three games. <laughs> and Ireland are just waiting for happen. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I don't know how, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, the only way I can think of it is like, you know, if I go out and play golf, right? And I play really well. And I come off going, play really well there, but I probably won't get in the prizes this week, you know. And then someone comes along on like a mobility scooter after going around. He only has four clubs in his bag, and there he is picking up his prize. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're looking at this Russian fella scoring goal after goal. And he's gone home after a week, right? Yeah. And I was just there going, waving at him, going, Dad, this is the crack, isn't it? And he's like, we just got two goals. And one of them's in a defeat. And we just got, and they're all going, Jesus, remember we got that goal, bleeding great goal there against the, the Mexicans. Jesus, massive goal. But like, like, you look back. Like the, four goals and two World Cups. Yeah, four goals and two World Cups. And, 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 and we were a game away from two quarterfinals. That's <laughs> one win. Yeah. One win in yeah. two group stages in two World Cup tournaments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we've qualified out of both groups. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. It was that insane that when we get to, I know we're skipping way ahead, but when we get to 2002 and we bash Saudi Arabia, and we're like, oh, what a goal. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're like, we never win our World Cup, but we'd definitely be in the quarters, lads. We'd definitely be in the quarters. Zidane and all are going home, and we're there going, this is the crack. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just madness. It's absolutely Madness. I don't know how we got away with it. But do, you me- do you remember that game against Holland? And like, I think the first was the first ten minutes or so, we were flying, yeah. right? And it did it did look like we were going to do absolute damage to to Holland. And we, I, I remember looking, on, this is insane. We are just as good as these. Look, look at Dennis Bergkamp and Clivert and all these lads that were like in the Ajax team and yeah. and and the whole lot of going to Inter Milan. And we were there going, we have these. 
And then buttery hands happens again, right? So we, like, and the one thing about Bonner is, and people forget about this, the lead up to the World Cup, along with the Kane thing, the whole question was, should Packy Bonner keep the place or should Alan Kelly be in the team? Because Alan Kelly had become Sheffield United number one was playing in the Premier League. So he was, the best, was one of the best goalkeepers like, in the Premier League. And at the time. one thing about Bonner, Bonner was coming towards the end of his career at Celtic and was becoming injury and error prone at Celtic at that point. And the general consensus amongst the fans and the outcomes was that it was actually time for Alan Kelly. And we felt that we might have a better chance with Alan Kelly in goal over Packy Bonner in this World Cup. Mm. And he went with Bonner, obviously, he went for the. the um, the um, experience in this World Cup and ultimately like Bonner had a smash like we didn't talk much about the, the Italian game but Bonner had an amazing game like yeah. Bonner's game against Italy was incredible the McGrath game Bab in that match was off the fucking charts but it goes back to how much did the heat impact the strikers we were facing up against mm. but like in yeah, this game had like hair of, the hair of three men so oh. how the fuck he was running around trying to score yeah. do you know what I mean and Baggio just didn't like to sweat, so he was like, nah, I'm not really bothered. But come here, come here. But you Signori, had Nicola Berti. Signor. Nicola Berti had, like, yeah. mad hair. Like, they should have all Maldini. cut their hair. Co- yeah. yeah, if they'd have cut yeah, their hair. Army. All of them, the whole team, yeah. Do you remember, do you remember the way Adino Baggio's hair is, is rumoured to be somewhere close to a small star? Because like, there was no shade to it. It was just, like, a mop, like yeah. a dog. If they'd have all cut their hair... Properly before the World Cup, I reckon they, they would have been grand against us. But that's like, why Baggio was the best player because the only bit that he had was the, the, the Divine ponytail that came out yeah. the back. Was Steve Stanton trying to play the World Cup in a hat? Was yeah. he? Yeah. He, was, he was having a goal, wasn't he? He was, he was. Yeah, yeah. He, was he was looking for a dispensation to wear the hat on the pitch because he was prone to Stoneborn. Yeah, <laughs> you can't that it was mad. The Irish are great, and the grey crack. Was this the first time we've seen like drinks breaks and stuff like that going yeah. up to the pitch, yeah? Yeah, because yeah, it was so hot in Orlando. Nobody yeah. thought that out. Thought that out and like, like, you know, like, we're, saying about, we're, saying about, we're saying about people acclimatising to the weather and um, acclimatising to the, the heat and humidity and all. I like the best of it, and I think I'm right to say this. Andy Townsend, instead of getting his hair cut, let it grow right. and just dye the blonde. Remember, he had an allergic reaction to the dye, and his knee blew up. He got his hair dyed in Orlando after the Mexico match, and he couldn't play in the Norway game because his knee swelled up because of a reaction he had to the hair dye. It's yeah. out- Actually, this World Cup is insane. And again, is like- and again, the Russian fella with seven goals is going home, and Ireland, <laughs> with a fella that's dyed his hair, in the in a barber's right with a blown up knee is waving at him going. Was it John Watson or Barry Davis was praising the Romanians for all dyeing their hair blonde, confused your team so they wouldn't know who they were American? Oh, no, no, that no. wasn't this one. No, the Romanians didn't do it in this this that was a late one. They died in ninety eight, I think. Was it ninety eight? Yeah, yeah. With um Haji wasn't rocking around with a blade and No, Haji would have told you to piss yeah. off. But it was um <laughs> It was um, was it Mewtwo and Illy, Adrian Illy? And Maybe that ninety-eight World Cup. Yeah, yeah ninety-eight World Cup. Because they didn't they play England in the groups in ninety-eight. This is the one where Zuby Zareta is playing a goal for Spain, and he's essentially the Spanish Peter Shilton at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you remember when when yeah. when we get on to the I think the Italy Spain game? It's the one where the was it Costa Corte scores the header, and it just bounces in front. <laughs> 
and he can't get his hand up if you go back and look at the ball is whipped in from a free Dino Baggio Dino Baggio Dino Baggio scores now heads down in front of him and Zubis left his hands are here and the ball is literally six inches from his hands and he's too old he can't move his left hand to do anything instead it bounces over him into the net behind. Do you know what's mad? Zuby Zaretta was only 33 in this World Cup. Yeah, but he had a hard paper down for fucking But, that, but that's it. I, I'm picturing him as nearly 40. I'm having him as nearly 40. I've just checked. He's yeah. only 43. He's still playing to go. Barcelona. Ray, um, <laughs> well, this is all going on and we're yeah. having the crack in America scoring no goals and, and winning the <laughs> tournament. Um, what who what are you doing? Are you are you supporting anybody? Is there anybody because of their jersey? You like I like them. What are you up to? I mean, I, I always and to be fair, a large part of you know uh, England would would be behind Ireland. I know it's the complete you know opposite, sort of opposite really, as to how you would sort of view it. If it, you know if it was the other way around, Ireland are not a World Cup and England are there. Um, but you know, there is there is a distinct lack of interest all the way through this World Cup from 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 an England perspective. You know, if you add in, um, you know, the, the the time difference and so on, like you have to make a certain amount of effort to stay up for games, watch certain games. So you know, for me, I, I you know, me personally, you know, I I don't pay an awful lot of attention to this to this particular World Cup um, I'm the same age as Phil you know um, I, I'm 17 as well when this is when this is happening um, it's just not it's just not something that I get particularly excited about or look back at fondly because I do I do genuinely like um, following England at, at the World Cup and if they're not there then it then it it, it really Really, sort of um, lacks a certain amount of interest for me. Yeah. Um, you know, but look, um, we get onto the. We're obviously into the knockout stage. Ireland go out two 0 to Holland. Ultimately, yeah. um, I mean, is there complete deflation for you, for you lads, at the end of it? Was it? Was it? Was it really kind of coming crashing back down to earth at that point? No, I don't think I was. Um, I, th- I think it was, uh, for me, when you looked at it, it was the end of an era for, for many players in the squad. You know, like, you talk about Packy Bonner there, you're probably looking at, Houghton plays on for a little bit, doesn't he? But Houghton's past his peak at this stage. You know, you look at Paul McGrath, and people think Phil Babb is going to go in there and sort that. But there's other players around the place as well. I don't know how long Townsend goes, out, goes on afterwards, but Townsend, for me, again, is past his peak at that stage. Um, I don't even know what age he is. He might go on to play another four or five years in the Premier League, maybe. But it is a kind of change in the guard. You see Roy Keane you know, coming coming through and stuff like that. McAteer makes the appearance against Italy. But I think afterwards, Ireland was just like... And Ireland were like this, Ray, in in the nineties was like, ah well, you know, yeah. ah Ash or Jays is like, you know, you can't be doing that against Holland and, and expecting to win and you know, and now if we just went then. You know, there was never kind of a deep analysis of it. It was it was great crack while it lasted. Yeah. And we'll probably get another couple of weeks there while we watch the rest of it. And hopefully yeah. we get to the next one and we can just go on the lash again. And that's basically what it was. There was yeah. no there was no nothing more or nothing less to it. 
as was said earlier, the, there was a confidence that we could have beat Holland. Do you know what I mean? There genuinely was, but like that, when we didn't, it wasn't like head in the hand stuff, which it seems mad. Do you know what I mean? It was just, ah, well, you know, we had a good go. It was a bit of crack, wasn't it? And we'll move on, we go to the next one. Like, the, really, for a weird country like that. I mean, we go through the round of 16. Germany beat Belgium 3 2. Um, Fowler gets a couple of goals. Klinsman scores in that Philippe one. Philippe Albert got an absolute cracker in that game. Bro. Yeah. Too little, too late. Too late, yeah, yeah. Um, you have Spain beating Switzerland 3 0. And obviously, I know uh, history since then um, paints Spain in a different light. But this is, you know, ultimately Spain, um, you know, come up short like they would often do it, yeah. ornaments, but, you know, at that stage, you know, Spain were a real, a real threat, um, yeah. Luis Enrique, one of the scorers in that game, um, you had Sweden beating, you know, the surprise package, uh, Saudi Arabia, 3-1, um, you had Anderson scoring a couple of goals in that game, who's been mentioned, you've, um, you've Romania beating Argentina now, you know, this is where Romania really, you know, show what they're worth in this game, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's a 3-2 win, Hadji scores, you know, Argentina is still in the post-Maradona turmoil. And uh, anyone got any memories of that game in particular? Yeah. <laughs> Romania, Argentina? Um, no. No. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, I, I think the second round goes past me fairly much because when I looked at the results, I couldn't remember any of the games sticking out outside of the Holland Ireland one, and the only one that I oh, sorry, there's three games under the later three. So you've got the Holland Ireland. Brazil and the US played the same day, yeah. and the next day was Nigeria and Italy because Nigeria were a huge story of that tournament. There was Amaniki, Felidin George, uh, Rashidi Akini. Yeah, yeah, and Fanidi George. So many players that made their name in that World Cup. But the Brazil against America, the Leonardo elbow. Yeah. Jesus. Just watched it there before we came on. Yeah. Again, that's an iconic moment. Up there with Diana Ross missing the penalty. <laughs> so, because Leonardo was, was this emerging player for Brazil, because the way because Brazil was so defensive in this World Cup and they had Mero Silva and Dunga sitting in the the, the, the the midfield and they basically just didn't want to play football. They wanted free kicks around the edge of the area and they got Branco to come up and take them. And if anyone hasn't seen Branco's free kick from this World Cup yeah, yeah. Against, against Holland in the quarterfinals, yeah. go back and watch it because if you think Roberto Carlos was good against the France in a, in a nothing game, this is a World Cup and he hits it with the outside left peg, yeah. into players and finishes in the bottom corner. I and forgot how good that free kick was and only looking back at it, it was sensational, absolute cracking free kick from so far now and like that, looking back, he's taking about a 20 yard run up to this so everyone knows what's happening and now he's not clipping this into the back post or anything he's literally yeah. taking a big huge run and just drills drills a book calls it in in off the post absolute blatant cracker it was 
But you're right, the, the Leonardo thing, the, the, the iconic images, like Tab Ramos, I think, was the one who got smashed in the face and he's just there on the ground and he's absolutely sparked out. It was a bit of a mad moment. Leonardo had just come in and he, he was a bit of a breath of fresh air in that team and just fucking crazy, just get sent off. But this, this, this is the mad, this is the, that was the madness. But but you, the US deserved something out of that game. They deserved to get an equaliser and, and possibly win the match. And the Nigeria Italy game that was heartbreak for Nigeria because they lead after the game. and it was only it was only the brilliance of Baggio mm-hmm. a minute from the end yeah. that gets Italy equalised. And people forget as well, Italy were the last placed third place team to get yeah. through to the to the national phases. Yeah. So they get through. To, this is the final that they're going to go to all the way in. But they barely get through in the group stages and they barely sneak out of the second round as well. And it comes down, Baggio suddenly kicks into gear in this game as well. This is the moment where he steps out from, where he'd been playing shit basically in the group stages. Yeah. He suddenly gets, he turns on in this game. And then the last one, I, I completely forgot, it's only because I saw the goal there. Stoichkov's goal against Mexico. So there's, there's three things in this goal, right? Mexico are swarming all over Bulgaria in this game and they're absolutely battering them in the first 10 minutes of the match, right? Bulgaria breaking, you've got Lechkov, you've got Stoichkov, you've got loads of the lads, well obviously at the back end of the name, and <laughs> Borislav Mikhailov was in goal for them, going to play for Ipswich in the son of the one and be sub-goalkeeper for us at one stage, um, and they break down the pitch at a speed that you only see in the modern game, if you watch it, watch it it's, it's so fast and it's so out of context with this, this World Cup as well, and Stoichkov who... <laughs> It's hard to describe. Stoichkov is Diego Costa, basically, in the, of the 90s, right? Because he's filthy and he's aggressive and he doesn't strike or, or he doesn't strike the ball gracefully. He basically batters the ball into, into existence every time he hits it. But you've got Campos in one of the like the wildest-looking jerseys you'll ever see in life. He looks like a flying bat. He wanted um, to make him look bigger. Yeah, he made, them, made the gear himself and he wore them to make it look bigger and they were short, but made them look smaller because they were short sleeve jerseys that came all the way down to his wrists and his shorts came down to his shins and it looked like a child was went out and... Fucking easy, he did. Yeah, well, I loved it. I had all that gear. I got all that gear after the World Cup. <laughs> and Stoichkov, the ball gets played into him and he cuts inside and when he unleashes the hammer of God against that ball and it goes... How it goes if that was a normal goal... It would have, it wouldn't, like the, the net would have broke and the ball would have gone straight through it. It's only it's one of those mad American goals that goes on for four months. behind the post. Yeah. He's actually, I was just looking him up, Stoichkov. He's now currently a commentator um, for Univision Deportes. So um, he obviously is still in the game in some capacity. He was some huge player. Man. What's that? He's a huge person, man. Is he, yeah? Yeah. Um, so look, um, that that is the uh, round of sixteen. Um, from that, you then move into the quarterfinals, and you know Italy. It's that kind of classic, isn't it? It's that sort of you know starting off slow in the group stage. You hear about it in many tournaments. You know teams who don't really show their true form until they get into the knockout stage. But again. They come up against Spain and they win that game 2-1. Um, you've got um, Roberto Paggio scoring a late goal again, um, which is ultimately the winner against Spain. Um, you have the Netherlands, Holland coming up against Brazil. This was the game. This was the game in the round. No, I'm going to say Romania, Sweden. No, I'm going to say Bulgaria, Germany. 
Okay. But it on. was actually it was a good round, you know, because Indian fans were getting Yeah, for any for, for any of the um, detractors about the World Cup, you look at that as a as a as a quarter final. Um, you know, four unbelievable games. So, Gav, we'll come to you. Bulgaria, Germany. Yeah, I just loved Lechkov. Um I don't, I don't know what it was. I just couldn't understand that a fella looked like that was running around doing shit like that. You know, yeah. he looked like um, he should have been a baddie in minder. Yeah. That's the only way I could put it, um, you know. And the thing about Bulgaria was, like, like Phil said earlier, he was just so fast when he got the ball. And he didn't expect it. Because, like, the likes of, when you talk about the likes of Stoichkov and stuff, Stoichkov loved to get it, hold on to it, look for openings, you know, smack one from 25 yards. But they were blistering and Germany didn't know what to do you know what I mean um, like in fairness Germany go ahead uh, Matthias Scott gets a pen doesn't he because um, I remember this game I always remember the stadium and I thought that stadium was brilliant you know the giant stadium Just it was one of those where I looked at, they're not still in that stadium are they no uh, the no they built, they built one right next door yeah but the, the, right next door. The, the stadium for me just it was the iconic stadium of the World Cup the giant stadium for me but yeah. Germany are one nil up and you think they're going to win this you know, the Germans are bleeding scaldy 1-0. And then Bulgaria decide, ah, fuck it. And they go for it. And they get two goals in three minutes, uh, Stoichkov mm. and Lechkov. But it mm. was just Lechkov just for me. I don't, don't know what it was about him. But just every time I watched I went, how does a guy that looks like that, how is he doing this? He was a real throwback, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he reminded you of that. He got as well, some Yeah, goal. yeah. And, and, and he reminded you of like, um, you know, you see the videos of Char- Bobby Charlton in 66. Yeah, he, he's very like that, you know, just running around and... Bald head, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying bald people shouldn't be allowed to run or that. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not going that far. You know, like that big Joe Walsh at me door. But, <laughs> but um, no, it was just intriguing to me. And I don't know what it was, but to see Bulgaria beating the Germans, I just, I, I just something I really liked about it. But like you said, the the quarterfinals were deadly. Every one of them were deadly. Like you know, you had Brazil and Brazil and Holland and um, is it Sweden? Sweden and Romania. Sweden and Romania. That goes to Rad, the ends. Radicoyu scores. Yeah. Brolin scores. Ken Anderson scores. Then it goes to penalties and it's five foreign penalties. Was Ravetti the goalkeeper at that stage for Sweden as yeah. well? Yeah. With his bad yeah. head. Now, do you know? Do you know why? Do you know why I think Romania and Sweden always sticks out in my head as well? Because, and sorry about this, right? But like the English lads used to go ballistic over the fact that they had a referee there. Right, so the only thing England had, so Philip Don refereed this match, and they praised it for its Premiership qualities, or Premier League, or English League qualities, that he allowed the game to flow, and it was probably the best refereed match at the it. The bit that jumped out for me, Sander Paul, I can't remember why his name, or that referee's name always sticks out, but you remember the Hungarian fella? Yeah. Did he referee one of the Ireland playoff games or something, or... Mm-hmm. Or a Champions game or something, but his name always jumps out at me as well. Um, but yeah, Brazil and Holland though. If you get a, like go back and watch that, watch Bergkamp. Bergkamp's outrageous. Oh, there's Kobe Jones. So they're showing a rerun of the MLS '96 Cup here on ESPN. So I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 there's timing. But yeah, the I just remember that Sweden game, and I remember watching it, and remember watching Sweden because Sweden had. Had a decent Euro '92. Did they have a decent Euro '92? They, 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 they hosted it, and Brolin was the man. He's, yeah. yeah, and he's doing this 
jump in the air twirly around the um, thing. Just he ends up at Leeds. Do you remember he ends up at Leeds and he's about yeah, eight stone heavier than he was in 1992? And a, he's a long time. It's a long time before he ends up at Leeds. Because no, he I, has know. Been, I know. He's 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 Parma. He's Parma in Italy, yeah. Parma in Italy, yeah. And then yeah, he gets and, back. And, and it's, that, it's during that period where Sweden have this kind of uh, stranglehold over England and always seem to be England's nemesis. Um, Did they knock you there with Euro 92, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they were in... I think... They were in the group to qualify. they were in the group to qualify, yeah, for this, uh, which is the Graham Taylor kind of experience, yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point... You know, days, then. <laughs> Sweden are becoming a bit of a household name in England for all the wrong reasons, definitely. Um mm. So we get through those um, quarterfinals and we end up with, I guess, four teams, two of which are not a surprise and two of which are not a surprise. Um, those being Bulgaria and, and Sweden. And unfortunately, the way it works out is Italy play Bulgaria, Brazil play Sweden. Mm. And we do end up with the predictability of a um, Italy-Brazil final. Um Roberto Baggio scoring again for, for, for Italy. Um, That's what I'm saying, right? He just comes alive from that second round on. He scores those goals in the in the second round against Nigeria. So he gets the 89 and 101 to penalty. From then on, he just keeps scoring. He scores in... He's got two there. I think he gets... Does he get one or two in the quarterfinals? He gets one in the quarterfinals against Spain because he scores the winner against Spain. Then he scores two. He scores the two goals here against Bulgaria. So he's on five going into the final. I think he's, he's, he's second top scorer at this stage because yeah. I think Emmanuel yeah. Stelenko has 106 goals after that yeah. one game. He was not hooked off in one of the group games, didn't he? When Pagliuca got a red card and Saki took off Baggio and everyone was going mad. What are you taking off Baggio for? And he came out and said, like, I only wanted to fit players on the team. So there was huge question marks over his fitness at this World Cup. But he seemed to, in this tranche, you're right there, Phil, from the start of knockouts up to here, he was on fire. But then I think the injuries or whatever, the fitness that was at him seemed to catch up on him then in the final because he just, he has a good game in the final, but he just isn't able to do it. And then there's a lot of miles in the legs, I suppose, by the time he takes that last penalty. Mm-hmm. But he really was absolutely sensational in those knockout games, that knockout phase. He was absolutely unreal. But Italy were poxed in this because if you remember going back to that Nigeria game, Paolo Maldini should have got a red card. I think it was Yakini was running through and Maldini yeah. arm locks him and drags him to the ground. Last man, and he got a yellow. And some of the rest were dishing out reds in this for willy nilly. And, you know, they were lucky that they could have been without Maldini in this and. Looking at their, looking at their team, you know, it could have been a big loss. Maldini was 42 at this World Cup as well. I know, but he's playing again alongside Costa Corta and Tassotti from in the Spain game. So it was, would have been that would have been the game he would have missed. Like, but they had a lot of luck, you know, like with with that and with playing scraping their way through games. You know, late goals, late winners. Is that mad that two of them playing the 2005 Champions League for 11 years later? Yeah. Well, they were playing the Blade in uh, the 1990 as well when we were talking about that, you know what I mean? They played in the 94 Champions League final as well when they bashed the Ajax. Barcelona, wasn't it? The Dream Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Insane. Mad when you think about it. Yeah. Longevity of them, you know, was ridiculous. 
And obviously, he was going to play in that World Cup as well. Yeah. He must yeah. have got the same uh, sheet as Roger Miller. Zaf <laughs> <laughs> did like a smoke. Because he oh, ends right. up smoking him through his World Cup. And there's no problem with that. Listen, there was there no good. Listen, can we tell you something about the There is if you get coronavirus. No, listen. Cor- listen, you're not. You, no smokers have got coronavirus so far. They have. All right. No, they haven't. No, no, they haven't, right? And and the other thing is, right, loads of snooker players were smoking for years. Not all grant. Like, there's too much made of the smoking. And I, I think you should be knocked on the head. I think we're being very harsh on smokers and, and the idea of smoking. And why we're bringing it up, I don't know. I think it's worse than bringing up the coronavirus, to be honest. They're, they're so all grand for dead ones. That's your public service announcement from Benton and Hedges. I think, I think Gav, the one, the one thing that all smokers um, who survived uh, also consume is uh, many cans. No, you see the thing the is, mix, it's perfect mix. It's the antidote to the smoking is the cans. Yeah, and and it, it just it knocks the smoking on the head, like you know. If you if you're having a smoke and you're having a can, if you no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If, if, if you're having a smoke and you're having a can, they, they, they both what? they both knock each other out, Ray. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you end up just being. Oh, they can't both go. Have a look at this. Look. No, stop looking at the fucking telly while we're talking about something. He's not talking about smoking and cans. Yeah, I know, but he's watching your gig from nineteen ninety six. What do you mean? Watch? We're not in the sitting room. <laughs> we're booking home. My computer up. Let's see. He's holding the computer up. Anyway, Ray, where were we? <laughs> we were at the final, and we were at a nil-nil board draw. Final? Did, did we do the semis? Yeah, we did. We did. We oh, did. Sorry, I was <laughs> <thinking> we, <can. laughs> we did Brazil beating Sweden. 1-0, and we did Italy beating Bulgaria 2-1. Um, that was that was a rip-off, though, Brazil was beating Sweden from memory. Do you remember Sweden were all over Brazil? I had, like, offside, dodgy offsides and everything called against yeah. them. They were by far the better team on the day. Jonas Tango sent off then. Yeah. Captain. Yeah. And Romario scores in the 80th minute. Yeah. His 4,000th goal of the season. Yeah. yeah. Was that man the goalkeeper for Sweden any good? Yeah. yeah, he's a goalkeeper. He was known as the Swedish Bruce Grabber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of got that impression up that he pretended he was better than he was. Yeah, he, he Ben Bruce Cabra was 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 very good. Yeah, and then didn't he go on to score a hat trick for Middlesbrough against Liverpool? Or was that? Am I getting confused? That's Ravinelli. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the fourth. That was the open day of the season ninety five, ninety six, ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Ravinelli scored a hat trick. Barron scores, I think Fowler scores, and Bionaby scores in that game. It's the game where we wear the Ekru jersey. Do you remember? Ekru kids, Nobody yeah. knew what Ekru was until Liverpool played at the opening day. Of that but season. we've never forgot since. No. No. Um, a, a, a truly awful jersey from Liverpool. But uh, the final was terrible, wasn't it? I thought Diana Ross was messing around mm. at the final, you see. No, oh, no, no, no that was, she got ran out of town after that <laughs> ceremony. Yeah. Debacle. Yeah, and, and she's probably remembered for ceremonies. Like she's probably remembered as as like she was held in master, not massive regard, but she was. Um, you know, people always thought. Oh, I remember Diana Ross. That was a joke until um, uh, one of the Jacksons whipped out their nipple at the Super Bowl. <laughs> <isn't that right? laughs> and or Justin Timberlake felt <laughs> up Janet Jackson or something along them lines. I, I could be wrong, and I'm um, open to. Um, being sued, but um, yeah, that, 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 allegedly. Uh, well, allegedly, <laughs> Justin Timberlake 
took Janet Jackson's nipple out during the Super Bowl or whatever. Exactly. And, and then Diana Ross was forgotten all about. I'd say she was fuming that night. You know, that yeah. the whole ceremony thing had... She did yes. surpass This World Cup has the ad for Hierro that I could never find on YouTube. So Hierro was obviously the Spanish legend at this stage, right? Yeah. And it was a train. And it was... Fernando Hierro was, was the train. And it turns into here at the end, and he was wearing, I think it was like the Adidas boot was like this revolutionary new boot that wasn't a stud, it was the their, their TRX sole plate, which would later go on to be on all the predators, the, the fame ground predators. But it was a black boot with sort of blue on it, and it was the underside was, was, was white and black. And that, that adds to this day, I can never find on YouTube, and I've tried to find it many a time. Yeah, and I'll ring the bell already. Yeah, that was, it rings the bell to me yeah. as well. That's a, that's a 1994 pre-war cup memory because I would be mad for the old football gear at that stage and that's, that's yeah. jumped out. It was in the shoot magazine and everything was. Oh, the good stuff, only the best. Well, 90 minutes for, was for those who are really into football. Shoot was just for kids. Like. Yeah, well, shoot yeah. match for me. Yeah, match now. Match fair play. It is. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's football by numbers. I took, yeah. I took any of those um, football books, wherever they were. You just took what you could get. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, where it's mad your hands are. Right? No internet back then. That's how you soaked up your latest information, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you remember the little catalogs? I think it was Sue Can Sports or something that used to come in the shoot magazines all the time. And it was like they have before a tournament, they'd have all the jerseys and all the kits in it, yeah. and it'd be like pages upon pages of you being like your eyes just bleeding, going, "Look at yeah. these amazing gear! How'd you get all this stuff? It's all it's all so foreign. It's fantastic." What was, um, what was your favorite jersey of the of the World Cup? Of the 94 I, World Cup? Yeah. I had the Brazil one. Loved it. Mm. No, you didn't. I did. Had you the had Brazil one. Yeah, you had an O'Neill's version. You didn't have the top of jerseys that the Brazil wore in that World Cup. I had the, the Umbro. It was Umbro. It was boy Umbro. I was just testing there to see if you were paying attention. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't Umbro. you like know, know it? With the three Brazil things, the, 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 the badge was sort of superimposed on it. Because do, do you remember in the 90... Was it in the ninety six or something lead up the advertisement for Umbro was the both of us beat Italy in World Cup ninety four, but only one of us won the World Cup. And it was the team that was wearing Umbro. And that was yeah. when we switched over from Adidas to Umbro and that was the whole buzz around the Umbro yeah. Didn't yeah. didn't America have a jersey where it looked like they put a white top in with a black top and a rang yeah. grey and he drew stars yeah. on it? Yeah. Yeah. And we were always yeah, and yeah. we were we were all amazed because I think they played our opening game against Switzerland in um, in a dome. Yeah, I'm nearly sure they did. And somebody, was, yeah. somebody in the chat there um, said, and the name when he said it was brilliant. Um, I'll get it in a minute, but it was it was it was an American lad that scored a deadly free kick, and uh, Eric Winalde. Eric Winalde. Yeah. yeah, was Roy Wegley messing around? Was he American? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, he was American, yeah, yeah. quite possibly he was, yeah. Yeah, I think he was, uh, he was, he was dancing around the World Cup as well. And Tony Miola. Yeah, Tony I still Miola, feel yeah. better, sorry for the Russian fella, like, you know, I just can't. Zelenko, you haven't got over that, have you? I haven't got over it, especially with likes of fucking... It was know. one of the worst Dutch jerseys, it was the wrong orange, it'd be like if... Yeah, yeah, really, actually, it wasn't, uh, it was too bright or something, wasn't it? Yeah, and most teams you wanted to wear white because the heat was so bad. Every other yeah. colour was just attracting the heat, and in polyester because it was before they had all the flashy materials. They, they were basically just heat, like basically heat costumes that were going to kill them. I think my favourite jersey must have been Harvey Campus's goalkeeping jersey. That was definitely. Yeah. The well, you had a mad one. 
Nigeria, I was going to say Nigeria, but it stands out as, as the best looking jersey at the World Cup because it was just, it wasn't like anything else that was there. And that was the reason why it was the best. And as and well, the Argentina ones are lovely. The blue away to Argentina when Maradona scores and runs to the camera. Yeah, like a dark perfect. blue. Dark yeah. blue, but it has the, the diamonds. But didn't, he, didn't he have a similar dark blue in the 90 World Cup as well? Yeah. And I think, that, I think that might have been a nicer one, the 1991. It was a nice one because it was made by Le Sportif and not by Adidas. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Ray, are we doing the quiz? Yeah, we're on to the quiz, and uh, I have to say, some of the chat has really sort of uh, blow. I, I, I'm going to have to change a couple of the questions on the fly here because uh, you know, particularly Phil has, has completely balls it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and would that be because he's talked about these things, or is it yeah, because he's mentioned? Yeah, oh, hold yeah. on, it could be uh, it could be any reason from the following. Okay, have <laughs> you spoken about uh, COVID nineteen? He's no. spoken about how people should be paid in England and what it should be called. And he's gone, and watched, ML, he's gone and watched the MLS final for 1996 whilst doing this podcast. Which one is it? Jorge <laughs> uh, Campos, look, look. There he is there. Look, look. See? look. Still watching. Ah, every time he's coming over. He's yeah, I'll give you an example. He, he, he completely... Um, Smash the pieces my question around the official mascot name, you know, so I have to take that off the board now. Oh, you know? I would have written down Tony the Tiger or something, I don't okay. know. Right, okay, so we'll get into the quiz, okay, so... Everybody have a phone in front of them, ready to type out their answers, yeah? Uh, yeah, none of that. Right, uh, pen and paper, um, or onto your phones in your notes. Um, question number one. Hang on, I'm going where notes is. Uh, Question number one Um, As is usual The World Cup lasted for one month From June to July Mm -hmm. Uh, What date uh, Did the World Cup Go to and from Um, So was it The 9th of June to the 9th of July Mm -hmm. Was it the 13th Of June to the 13th of July Or was it the 17th of June to the 17th of July. So was it A, the 9th, B, the 13th, or C, the 17th? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Okay. Question number two, which I'm going to have to substitute a new question in for. Um, And it's not going to be multiple choice now because of Phil. Um, (laughs) Vim Yonk, yeah, who scored the second goal against Ireland. Played, finished his career playing for which English team? I know this one. Okay. Okay, so um, Italia 90 was the lowest score in World Cup with 115 goals. How many goals were scored in USA in 94? Was there eight groups? Yeah, same, exactly the same number of games this time around. No, no difference. Uh, 32 games, match. 64 games. Is it 64 games? Something like that. Right, go on. Is it a multiple choice, this one? Yeah, it's, okay. uh, it's either A, 1-3-1, uh, B, 1-4-1, or C, 1-5-1. 
So I was 115 the previous World Cup, so I was at A, 131, B, 141, or C, 151. Okay. Uh, Gav, uh, you nearly blew this question away with... with uh, <laughs> With yeah, some comments. Cans, was it? Smokes. How many <laughs> smokes are in a, in a standard box? <laughs> <laughs> but I think we can I think we can still go with it. Um the first indoor stadium, as you say, a dome, uh was used in a World Cup. But what city was, was it located in? Was it was it was it A Atlanta, B New Orleans, or C Detroit? I think I know the name of the dome as well. Well, do you know what? I'll give a bonus point for anyone who can tell me the name of the dome. Ah, yeah. I know the name of the dome. So do I. I think I know. I I know the name of the dome. I'm going to say whether it's right or not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, How many venues were there for USA 94? Was it A, 9, B, 10 or C, 11? What was it? Many venues. Venues, stadiums. Many venues for USA 94. Was it A, 9? Yeah, A, 9, B, 10 or C, 11? Yeah, yeah, I know how many that was. How the fuck would you know that? You have to be guessing that. Uh. Right, question number six, and this is probably a freebie to be fair, I haven't got time to substitute this one, who who missed the last Italian penalty in the final shootout with Brazil? Is it A, Danielle Massaro, B, Roberta Baggio, or C, Franco Baresi? Mm. That's a good question. I was hoping you'd put Diana Ross in there. <laughs> she was forced. She's a stock in the show, isn't she? <laughs> Santa um, Gloves. Oh, Jesus. I'm, trying to think, I'm trying to think now. Oh, that's penalty. No, save referee says No, fair. Right, question number seven. It's not much. It's very... Again, it's one that quite possibly has already been a full spoiler. Um, what was the nationality of the referee of the final? Oh, do you have a name? Sandor Paul. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Um... Oh, there's those white boots. The white predators. The first version. Marco Echeverry. Do you remember him? Yeah. Phil, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> Question number eight. Name the three countries who qualified for their first World Cup in USA. Oh, 94. Jesus. <sighs> three of them? Yeah, three. First time. And we're not including the fact that it's West Germany. Yeah, yeah. Changing to Germany and all that stuff. That's fair. Mm. Could be wrong with one of these, but I think we mentioned quite. We mentioned them all at certain points in the uh, 
in the podcast. <gasps> no, no. Well, which one is wrong? Shite. So three countries who qualify for the first World Cup. That was question number eight. Question number nine. And we discussed this fella as well, actually. Um, the Ireland backup keeper for USA in 94 was Alan Kelly. What was Alan Kelly's shirt number? So, question number nine. The Ireland backup keeper was Alan Kelly. What was his shirt number, his squad number? I'm still thinking about the other one, the three teams. Um. Uh, no, I think, I think, I think that's the right answer. What was the short number? The obvious one is 14, isn't it? And question number Did you ten. not have to have three goalkeepers in a World Cup squad? Not them. I looked it, I looked it up and, and they only gave two keepers, yeah, because my question was going to be who was your third keeper, but you didn't have a third keeper. <laughs> Jerry Payton didn't get to go. Well, he didn't get the, he hadn't got the Roger Miller class. The show for it. And the final question. Uh, Risto Stoichkov, Oleg Zelenko, they both got big mentions. They were joint top scorers. Mm-hmm. Any goals did they score? Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. It's the most common. It's the most common. <laughs> right, I have a number. Go on. Okay. okay, Ray, have you got a pen and paper for the scores? Yeah, I'm going to grab, let me just grab one. And I have got another tiebreaker again. Okay. Should, the, uh, should we be in a tiebreaker situation? Hang on. Right, so let me just make a note here. Keith. I'm holding up the answer so you know that I'm not cheating. No, just put your phone in front of you. you can <laughs> right, okay. Question number one. Um, the tournament lasted a month. What date was it? Uh, was it from and to? Um, the correct answer was. The 17th yeah. of the yeah. No, I, I had B. Which is quite late. The 17th is quite late. I think yeah. the previous World Cup started on the 9th. Should we not be calling these out to you? Uh, yeah, go on then. Yeah, okay. go on. I have 17th and 18th, but as I said to you, I finished the leaving cert on the 17th of June, so that's how it always sticks out in my head. 17th, Phil, Keith? 17th, yeah. yeah I had B, whatever okay. B was. Okay. Right. Uh, question number two. Um, the um, the name of the club was guys. Sheffield. Sheffield Wednesday. He's all got that. Fair play. Um, question number three. One hundred and forty-one goals is the answer. Go on, keep going. Uh, 
Phil, 141. Keith, 
Yeah, every answer. Fuck off. No, I, no, I didn't. I didn't. I only got oh, two. Sorry, no, you're I'm wrong. Well, you got you you lost you lost the points on the three, yeah. um, on the three first time qualifiers. But you did finish a point ahead of Keith. Um, yeah. I'm not even going to total up Ele- that. Ele- 11 points clear. There's only 10 points available, but you finished 11 points clear. <laughs> <laughs> right. I did have a tiebreaker question, so we may as well ask. Go on, yeah. You Why might not? Go, we may as well go with it, because it, be, uh, it might be Phil's undoing in all of this. Right, so similar to last week, is this like coronavirus where Liverpool's title chances, is it? Hopefully it's crap. A bit like... A bit like sitting there fucking with his little statue of Luke Shaw and his gaff praying to the statue of Luke Shaw hoping that it's voided. <laughs> <laughs> so well, what's the question, Ray? Yeah. So, um, Ireland's game with the Netherlands. Mm. Um... In the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, mm-hmm. a bit like last week. Um, give me the attendance to the nearest 1,000. He's going first. I go first. I'll go. Citrus Bowl sounds like a kip. 54,000. 54,000, Gav. Phil? You're going to hate me, but I know the attendance of the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> from college you. football. Okay, Keith. In 1994, you knew it. I'll go Keith next. You haven't changed it, you fucking told You haven't got anything to it. 61,000 would be the nearest thousand. 61,355 on that day. This is fucking madness. That's outrageous. Well, Keith, what were you about to say? You were about to say... You said 60. I wrote down on all of me little blade now. Where's the camera? 60. And Phil goes with 61,355. But that's because I know the answer. It has to be said, Phil is a genius when it comes to Wikipedia. You're from mind. (laughs) (laughs) Is it 61,355? <laughs> yeah. Fuck off, the show's over. Whatever. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. Did he write the questions and send them to you? <laughs> uh, so look, that was um, USA '94. Uh, Gav, when are you next on? When can we? When, um, when can we listen to the fallout of of the furlough mania? We do it tomorrow. Will we, Keith? Yeah. Where's it? Not forelock. It is forelock. Yeah, it's forelock. It's I don't know. Forlow, who gives a shit? Um, to make your board, it doesn't yeah. exist. We'll do it tomorrow, Keith. We, yeah, okay, we'll have a, we'll we'll talk about that tomorrow. Good stuff. Right. And uh, next week, with a bit of luck, um, some of us <laughs> will be back um, to discuss. Uh, are we going to do France ninety eight? I was actually at the, the first game of France ninety eight. Was there yeah. a roster? No, unfortunately, no, I was a load of, there was a load. There was a load of jocks. I know that much. Do you want me to host it next week, and you can do the talk, and then since you're at it, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I okay. cool. Right. And you need you to do the quiz, Phil. That's fine because I was in my drug phase at that stage, so I was like, <laughs> I have no idea what went. <laughs> I'm not surprised, <laughs> considering you went through a fucking Rain Man stage in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> fucking two picks at the wall and counting them as they land. <laughs> 1998, the 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 year that Phil Six was born. Uh, 
Although so, it would have coronavirus, so it could be dead by next week. So that's that is, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, heavy cloud and all that. Yeah, that is that is the club for another week. We'll be back next week to try and take your minds away for at least an hour or an hour and a bit um, from all of the madness that's going on. So uh, thanks, Keith. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Gav. It's been Ray, your host, and we'll see you next week. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNugget. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets, tío. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.